You're listening to Traumedy, the podcast that helps you transmute your trauma with comedy and other art forms. We're expanding. There's so many ways to express, I mean, cry. You can creatively cry. You could use tears to make a watercolor. I think that'd be creative. You could do poetry. You could sing. You can express yourself in so many ways. Comedy is uh, one of my preferred ways to express trauma and transmute it into lightness and laughter. Don't get stuck down there in that heavy, dense victim energy. We've been victimized. All of us have. Yeah, you've been betrayed. You've been victimized. But don't get stuck down there. Acknowledge what happened and then find some way to laugh about it. That's what I'm trying to do. That's what this podcast is helping me do. My mission statement is to help heal myself and others with comedy and any other way I can. I'm studying therapeutic humor. I'm learning a lot about it, although nothing I didn't really already know intuitively. It's just sort of validates what we already know. I love these peer-reviewed studies that people do. I'm so grateful people do these peer-reviewed studies because I just rely on my anecdotal evidence of one. Old Nance. That's the old Nance method. And I'm Nancy Norton. I am a stand-up comedian. I'm a keynote speaker. I talk about the power of humor, why we need it. I love going to healthcare conferences, business conferences. We talk about all the benefits of humor, how it helps us. Traumedy is just one of the things that helps. Traumedy is not a replacement for trauma therapy, but it will help you get by between sessions. This is part two. If you listen to part one, you might want to listen to part one first with Katie Mason. This is part two with Katie Mason. And I just really had a great time. I don't know if I've laughed this hard. I just, I love it. We were just laughing. Uh, we, I think as we, we, our muses just like each other, but also, well, we just sort of get each other. If a trauma survivor has a great sense of humor, oh my gosh, my favorite people. Hey, what is this? How do I start this? <laughs> How's it go? Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I know this. I've heard this before. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> That got me so good. I heard, I, I think it healed something. <laughs> I healed something in my back. One of those knives in my back. Ooh. Took that out. I take knives out of my back. Oh, stir yeah. Them in, stir them into a chalice of love and drink. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you think I'm joking. I know. You I know, think I know I'm that you're not. <laughs> Start off with taking a knife okay. out of our back. Just pull it out. One of the knives of betrayal. Stir it into all the love of the universe mm. and keep swirling it. It's like a smelting. You know, it turns into a chalice oh. and it just is full of love. And then, and then you just, you just drink it. Oh, oh thank you. That's lovely. Thank you for that betrayal. <laughs> Gratitude for betrayal. Yeah. Yeah, you thought you got me? Yeah. Actually, you gave me A chalice love. of love. A chalice of love. That's lovely. Yeah. Mm. 
I mean, on a good day. Yeah. I do yeah. that. On the bad days, I take it out and go, fuck you. <laughs> Stab them back. I can, yeah. yeah, I do. Yeah. But then it's like, sorry, I, I want to just take any of that back. <laughs> Woo! That was, yeah. you were not, that was not you. Yeah. That did not go in. Okay. All right. Mm. <sighs> Loving universe. Loving universe. Loving Mother Earth. Chalice we, of love. Chalice of love. <laughs> Welcome back to a chalice of love. That's the new, <laughs> the new podcast. Chalice of love. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Tromedy. That's what it is. Welcome to Tromedy. My guest, Katie Mason, licensed professional counselor and mentor, dream therapist, comedian, keynote speaker, and many, many, many. I mean, you know, we can't let, we're not a label. Yeah. Many more things, but those are a couple of important things I I value mm-hmm. gifts and offerings that you offerings. Yeah, offerings. These are the offerings yeah. that you bring to the to the world. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for having me. <laughs> it's so good to be here. <laughs> it really it's so is. good to have you. I love your energy. I love your muses. I feel like our muses like playing together mm-hmm. and I want to play more often. So I'm hopeful. Yeah. I have a good feeling. Yeah, me too. I have a good feeling. We're gonna too. we're gonna do some stuff. I feel I see the traumedy tour coming. Oh yeah. Now, for those of you who were listening last week, I wanted to share a dream that has been a recurring dream since my I would say my twenties, maybe even okay. earlier, maybe even earlier, where I believe when I am embarking on a new chapter in my life, something that really matters to me, but I'm a little scared about. I will say that this is what I know. That dream and another one, which is an airplane dream where I'm on an airplane that crashes, but somehow at the end, uh, I don't die, yeah. but it feels like I am about to die. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those kind of falling fear elevators out of control. But in this dream, the elevator's going up. Yeah. The right? elevators go well. And this one was wild because this dream, I was like an independent, somehow it was almost like I was on a hovercraft or a a drone mm. or something. I didn't even know what I was on. It was like a platform that was, I knew I was driving it, but I wasn't even inside the shaft of the elevator. I was out outside the shaft. <laughs> oh, there's something that Freud would like. Yeah. <laughs> Transcending the patriarchy. <laughs> Keep your shaft to yourself. Okay. <laughs> I am... <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad I have my peppermint tea. I know. Really well, I was me. thinking too, like the the that show Shaft. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what's weird is I I will say I'm also thinking about doing a lot of work on sexual trauma. Okay. And I am going to a pelvic floor physical therapist to try to accommodate my boyfriend's Shaft. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it, it could uh-huh. be. I don't know, dude. There's a lot there. Well, there's okay. So there's oh there's. N- Always multiple layers to a dream. So there's never just one. That's why I was saying earlier, I don't like dream interpretation or dream analysis per se, because it suggests getting to the answer. Yeah. And it's more about developing a relationship with the images so that you can, so that they can, I, I think the dream is alive and it's trying to reveal itself to you. Oh, I love that. So we have to learn to be in relationship with the images, not just, understand them understanding them is trying to say we put them in the box of our you know uh little analytical brain rather than be the artist that's with the muse the muse yeah, in this and case co-creating with higher higher consciousness exactly exactly I, is that okay that i said that? yeah for sure <laughs> absolutely so 
I always start with that one is you are the only expert on your dream. So mm-hmm. no, I can no whatever I, if I offer anything, um, if it doesn't ever resonate, it's, it doesn't matter because it's not my dream. Okay. So I might offer questions or reflections, but only you can know what the dream represents or means or what it offers you. Yeah. And that's so important because you are the authority on your life, on yourself. And so that's another reason I don't like just to come in and be like, this is what the dream means. Okay. Um, which is there's a lot of that out there. And on TikTok, especially. On TikTok. <laughs> Go to TikTok. Look at the dictionary. Elevator clearly means that I am afraid of failure. Uh, but I do wonder... Like, there, here's what just came to me. Ooh, yeah, go can ahead. I share no, what no, just please. came to me? Just because of the way you pose that uh, openness yeah. question, I was like, ooh, having dialogue with it. Because I felt like it was saying, have more fun with your exhilaration. Mm. Like, I am, I, like, I also was just talking to my spiritual mentor. I, th- I said, I think I'm scared mm. about, like, I've, uh, I've let myself be under the thumb of my mother, the thumb of comedy club owners yeah. who also remind me of my mother and then the thumb of other people. Yeah. And that, I mean, there's a comfort in that. Like, Oh, I can't, su- familiar. I can't succeed because my mom wrote mm-hmm. me a suicide note the day I was going to tape evening at the improv yeah. and said I was a cruel daughter. You know, like that was a, wow. I say, well, that did thwart my, ambition to be on television but again I trust her and I'm like yeah I could have turned out like Ellen and been a bitch to everybody which I can just be a bitch in my smaller community yeah no okay stop I'll edit that out okay (laughs) don't (laughs) Don't, double dare yeah Um, but yeah so yeah so but that's like there's something there where I can like oh there's this force Mm -hmm. like my mother going you you think you're all that you think you can tell people these things? Do you think people really care about what you say, Nancy? Yeah. You know, like there's that. And then there's like, like, oh, and then I'm terrified. Like I'm going to, I think, ooh, I just realized this fear that I'm going to cause harm. Like I, I don't want to have this because I feel like I'm getting more and more reach to people. And like, I don't want to cause harm. I don't want to mm. hurt anybody mm. with you know, acting like I know something. So what you're doing now just sort of naturally is like free association of this dream. You're just kind of like letting what comes to you by holding the image at play, um, the first sort of thoughts. And that's one way to start working with the dream. And, and, you know, what are the first things that I think about when I'm relating to this image? And then we want to play with the, the thoughts or, or the intuitions that have the most charge, so, cause, and so it's a discernment oh, process of, oh, is that a heady kind of, you know, um, interesting thought or is that like a deep sort of, uh, churning thought that is like landing in my body, landing somewhere? In my body. So normally I would, we, if we were actually working this out the way I regularly would, I'd probably take you into some guided meditation where I had you re-visualize the dream while I'm talking you through it so I can help you notice where are you really activated in your body because that is going to give us another layer of information of what the dream is guiding you to. So we can try that now. It's, you know, might be difficult for you to fully drop in, but that would be what I would tend to do is to try to get into the 
somatics of the dream. Yeah. Because that is where the unconscious layer of like input is. And we want to get deeper and deeper into uh, the, the unconscious layering of it because that gives us information that we're not aware of. And when we can tap into that and bring it to light, it, it doesn't have a hold of us anymore. So uh, the dream will change. Yes. And I feel it wants to. Yeah, well, I, I, it, 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 of course it does. It's the reoccurring dream especially. Yeah. And I'm feeling, um, well, I love this idea about doing a guided meditation, but I also don't know if it's interesting to other people. Yeah. Um, one thing. Um, well, what we could do is we could put a pin in that. That's one thing that okay. I would encourage you. We okay. could like talk off air more about that. Okay. Okay. But I can also just drop in other ways to work with the dream. And then what you could do is you could go play with the dream and then you can just have me back on another time and we could just talk it through yeah. another time or like something like that. Do a dream episode. Yeah. That's fully dream episode. I, I've done, you, we talked in, in the kitchen. I always reference the uh -huh. talk in the kitchen. We were talking about brain spotting mm -hmm. and EMDR and some of those other trauma therapies where you cross midline. Yeah. So that helps you break through the encapsulate. I call it encapsulated trauma. I don't know if that's the right term, but for me it helps me out of the brain into the body yeah it makes sense and i, I like that term i've never heard it phrased I, that way but i, I think it I works do, i don't know why i just picture it like yeah. it's in a little nut like, like a little stuck. nutshell and it's like cracks that little nut open mm -hmm. but it's stuck yeah the way i just picture those neurons kind of a little bundle like so tight like and that and i know it's a survival skill right yeah. so that we can respond quickly to a threat is what i understand about ptsd in my limited knowledge or, or maybe what I've made up about it is hard to say, but I've done uh, at least a decade of different kinds of trauma therapies. I've been like yesterday when I went to trauma therapy or regular therapy, I hadn't, I was like, I want to put on the bilateral music and just do what my former therapist taught me to do with brain spotting. Cause my current therapist doesn't do that, but I don't need her to be able to do it. I can do it yeah. and then talk with her and yeah. access that's beautiful because you get to direct also what you do in therapy. Yeah. So you get to say, okay, I want to do this. I get that's not what you do, but this is what I want to do. So this is what we're going to do. And then I've done it that. enough that I, I can find my resource spot and I can find my yeah. trigger spot. And then I could definitely do that with this dream. Yeah, another, for sure. You know, a time. To the music is one of the ways that, so I will, it's called dream reentry. So it's, it's a process. You, I use music myself and I enter the dream from awakening. So, you know, I close my eyes, I get restful and then I'm going back into the dream and I'm exploring it from this waking state, looking for where, where's the, what images are really grabbing me? Where does my body feel the most disoriented or where's the most emotional charge? And then teaching myself to breathe into that and see what releases. <sighs> okay. Cause there's probably something underneath that exhilaration and fear. Yes. Right. And if we can get underneath that, then the exhilaration and fear will dissipate. Maybe it's who knows what it is. I don't know. And, and, but if we can access the other emotion, then the clarity comes. We have to get to the emotion first. But what our mind wants to do is it wants to understand the image first. Uh, but a lot of times we have to settle into the emotion first. And then there's like this uh, awakening about what the image is trying to 
to teach us. I'm excited to do that. Yeah. Because it has been how many, you know, 40 years of this dream. I've and- worked with somebody who had a recurring dream for 40 years. And in one session, just going into it consciously the way I'm telling you, he never had that same dream again. Yeah. And this was a reoccurring nightmare. So, you know, he didn't necessarily want to have it. Again, yeah. And this, but- yeah. And maybe, and what I'd love, I just felt my senses, what I'd love is to be enjoying enjoying and feeling even if I fall I'm okay like even if I fall I'm not gonna die like part of me will never die then that's part I don't know right so one of the things that I would encourage you to do that you may already know to do when I guide people back into their dreams with an image is I resource them with another image first okay like an animal for example oh so that they um can feel a sense of safety maybe have a guardian there yeah or for me it's almost like in oh it's in harry potter i think when he's at the top of that tower is it i was is it is it dumbledore is that is that harry potter i always confuse Uh, those two guys gandalf and harry and dumbledore but you know what i'm saying you know one of them there's one of those films yeah. <laughs> I don't even know which one it is. That's terrible. That's but there's okay. a there's a gray-haired guy up on top of a tower. Yeah. And he's like falling. And that just reminds me of that dream so much. And then but this this winged animal, right? Swoops in and like saves yeah. him, I think. I don't know. Maybe I'm making all this up, but it's But it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But no. that's what I want is a winged like I want something that'll swoop in and like make sure I don't splat. Okay, I hey, interrupt this program for the nerds because, and not just nerds, but you know, <laughs> whatever, I don't know, the the Lord of the Rings and the, the Harry Potter fans out there, I know this is very irritating to you that I cannot discern the difference between a Gandalf and a Dumbledore. So I had to talk to my son and my nephew who uh, told me for sure, uh, Dumbledore, well, no spoilers, Okay, if you don't want to hear a spoiler, listen, just going to take five seconds. Just close yours for five seconds if you have not seen Lord of the Rings. Gandalf escapes Isengard on the back of an eagle. I've already spoiled it. (laughs) Who gives a shit? Somebody out there does. And I am so sorry. Okay, so I just... But I love the idea of having a resource when we go into our nightmares or when we go into our trauma. That is a big, important part is to have, first of all, a resource, a safe place. And that is what I was talking about with brain spotting is you have an activation spot, but I also have a resource spot. And then a lot of times when you're doing trauma therapy like EMDR, uh, you have something like a container, you know, where it's like, okay, I've had a lot of that right now, or just so it doesn't, when it pops up and you're like, you know what, I can't deal with that right now. I'm going to put it in a container and you can pick the most beautiful container. And it's amazing thing to have. What is another thing? Oh, the thing that I'm doing with uh, trauma therapy right now, going into some traumas and learning how to titrate the pain with kind of what we call butterfly hugs, where you're tapping each shoulder with your hands and trying to Ah, breathe and not get too activated. And the goal, of course, is at some point to talk about a trauma without getting so overwhelmed by it. So that's what I'm learning to do in my therapy right now using the bilateral music, which I choose David Grand. I think it's on my playlist on my one of my Spotify page. I don't know, man. My Spotify, you can, 
I have my album on one Spotify and I have this podcast on another Spotify. And then I just have my, as a consumer, I think it's like Nancy Norton's, I think it's Nancy Norton's brain spotting playlist, but I can, maybe I can put a link to that. I don't know how to do that, but let me see. Like I want something that'll swoop in and like make sure I don't splat symbolically you're wanting that in the dream and then there's probably a tie to how you want that in your life yes and that that would be the so if i want to know i'm not gonna splat yeah and you want today anyway and so then then i would work with you on creating an action plan for what that meant practice like i can i do get very practical at the end of dream work like because it is meant to be integrated into our waking life it's not meant to be like oh that's so interesting it's like no what are the steps you're gonna take now having this newfound knowledge that was revealed to you in a dream you have no idea you're i'm getting this I'm getting this. Oh, good. Like, this is really helpful to me because, yes, I am terrified of failure, terrified of success and the fall. Yeah, well, the, the elevator's going up, too, so that is, you know, that that is significant. Like, usually when we're going up, it's more like, you know, we're we're coming into higher levels of consciousness versus, you know, the basement of a house might be more representative of our unconscious, you know, parts of ourselves that are really repressed. This feels more like things are coming to light and there's an awareness building around that, but there's so much energy and not a grounded balance or something like that. Oh, good. Yeah. But Thank again, you, that's Katie. just my experience and, and you can take that and if it if it sits great, if it doesn't. Nah, it does. Let and it also I love this idea of putting something practical in place in my real life so that I feel more confident to take more chances. Yeah. Because I felt I've been on the slowest learning curve of all time in stand-up comedy. I don't know. I'm pretty, <laughs> I might be... I don't know. We got, Mine's pretty slow. We could arm wrestle over it. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that. Yeah. That was wonderful. And something else just hit me. It was another offering that you have that maybe you mentioned because you the, there's dream, there's mentorship, there's the speaking or the performance. The key, yeah. Art, does performance anything art? else want to? Does anything else want to be expressed about your offerings mm-hmm. that you'd like to share or uh, tromedy you'd like to share? Where well, I did bring um a you know a joke that I could you know, on video, if I, if we wanted to talk about it, that I thought would, that just really kind of, I think it just represents a lot of, a lot of things. Okay. Do um, we want to hear it? Want to play it? Yeah. And then we it. talk about it. Sure. Okay. All right. Cool. Haiti Mason performing comedy. Where are you in this one? Do you um, know, or do you want to say? Yeah, this is actually, so this, this bit is in my, um, fear and grief show, but I think okay. I was performing at the Denver improv for this one but okay yeah it's just one joke but I was trying to decide what to share and there's just so many layers to this joke <laughs> and it took me so long to write it and it's not even expressing a quarter of what I'm trying to express but it's get, it helped me relieve some of the pain I was holding around this particular part of my childhood so oh great yeah. gosh that's interesting to hear like it took you you really worked on get, yeah trying to was... trying to boil it down to distill it down and yeah. get the perfect succinct and i'll expression. share more after you hear okay. it okay all we right can talk about it. here we go it's no surprise i ended up a therapist because i was such a rescuer as a kid like toads turtles baby rabbits anything that could fit in a murky green tank <laughs> By the time I was eight, I was already a burnt-out social worker. (laughs) (laughs) Exhausted on the porch, knocking back a Capri Sun. (laughs) 
saying, I can't save the worms from their pain. (laughs) Come to find out later, worms don't actually feel pain. No, first lesson in projection. Oh, man, I relate to that so much. (laughs) And I want to do debate you on whether... Uh, worms feel pain. Yeah, that's but yeah. I actually, <laughs> I actually did see a study about them uh, feeling pain. Yeah. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. all right, that. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, already a burnout social at age eight. Yeah, you're yeah. trying to save all the little. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about this joke is that, and the reason I chose it was because I I had been trying to write about a whole other thing, which was you know I already shared about my parents and their. They're, they're glorious mess. And they, um, one of the, I was very highly sensitive kid, like super, super sensitive. And they, um, one of the ways they dealt with me is just by pacifying me with animals. Oh, really? Which is like a terrible parenting technique. Like we, Bob's animal kingdom was, you know, not far. So I'd go there and I would just like, I I would want to save all these animals. And they said, Yes. Oh my gosh. So you actually adopted a lot of animals? Everything. I'm talking gerbils, chinchillas, birds, uh, dogs, fish. I mean, it was, and then of course these, and this is, this is like, if you're, if you're sensitive to images of animals, like a trigger warning. Um, um, I am actually, uh-huh. I don't know if I can even hear it. Uh, Ooh, yeah. I might have to do a timeout. Yeah. I actually might have to do a yeah. timeout. I am so sensitive to it yeah like I literally like it's one of the things where I even thinking about doing traumedy I thought gosh I hate to put a limitation on this podcast but that I don't want to hear like I don't know if I can hear any yeah sad animal isn't that yeah that's limiting like that's why I can't be a therapist because there's things like it was it's (sighs) funny this is so this is good I'm glad we're actually talking about this because I was what I I'd been debating over what I wanted to share like what jokes I wanted to share, but this one felt like the most interesting because of how layered it was. But I did wonder, is it because I actually didn't write a joke about the real experience. Oh, I couldn't do it. Oh, yeah. but I was able to write this joke, which is a little bit more removed. Yeah. And it was able to release some of it. Yeah. So, but I, I also, can we just know that there is a, a really, really sad yeah. animal behind this story there's yeah there's many yeah and and so as a now I'm sorry now how does that feel like I'm I feel like I'm shutting you down but I'm also like I'm putting a boundary where it's like "Ah, yeah I I get like even that worm I gotta tell you as a kid putting a worm on a hook oh yeah and then I do a thing on my dry bar special about fishing with my dad and trying to talk about compassion around the fish and he literally told me oh don't worry little girl they have no nerve endings around their mouth and I'm like, okay. And I believed him at the time. And then I literally hooked my dad in the mouth. Yeah. Okay. Like that was a weird karmic moment. Like I accidentally, <laughs> I'm like, awesome. what are the Actually, odds? Yeah. But this worm thing too, because I remember hearing a study about worms and like yeah. they sh- demonstrate, I'm not going to go into detail, right. but I literally caused me pain just well, hearing that. Because I, I thought, don't, no, no, no. I protested feel- in seventh grade because we would, we dissect worms. And I, I walked out in protest. Oh, I love that you yeah. did that. So, I love you that. know, I, you can be a conscientious objector. I told my son, 
And he was in his science class. I did dissect things in anatomy and physiology that give me nightmares to this day. Yeah. Nightmares. Like I still wake up going, I'm so sorry. Well, and there's also the recognition that a lot of my rescuing of these animals in my childhood was because one, I was a sensitive, empathic kid, love animals. You know, that was going to be the case no matter what. But it's also because I was just needing love. Yeah. So the projection of the worm. Attunement. Yeah. So that final piece was like, that was my first lesson in projection was the recognition that part of my healing process was to be like, oh, you know, when I'm rescuing everything out there, it's, 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 it's a, it's a way I'm projecting my needs onto. You wanted someone to rescue you. Probably. Or just to be like, care about you. Yeah. Pay attention to me. Nurture. Yeah. Care, nurture. What do you need? I get it. Yeah. I totally get this. Although I did not do that with uh, with animals, but I now just have this place in my heart for animals. I identify yeah. with them. Yeah, me which too. Which is, I don't know, uh, like to a point where that's why I'm like, oh, wait, that'll hurt me too much. Yeah. Because I feel like my consciousness, and that's something I want to work on boundaries around. I Animal trauma is something that we don't talk about enough. Yeah. There is a lot of it. Loss, pet loss, oh, I know. all of that. And they're family members. Yeah. I mean, they're like your, they're, they're beyond a lot. They're better than family members. My dog, I remember crying to Portia, my dog, when I was six, like, you're my only friend. Yeah. <laughs> sounds so sad. <laughs> but it was true. I was like, she's the only one who gets me. And that's how I felt with a lot of these animals. But when I, I when I was able to, get to a place of this the the joke it was like oh my god yeah like this idea that I've just been this social worker since I was eight like that image was it was a little bit liberating from the heaviness that I carry yeah it's a seriousness I have that's like you know, been yeah. working at it since I was born, you know, now I'm just a therapist. Oh yeah. You know, just like working the, the tilling the soil, you know, Still, I have another joke about how serious I am just always tilling soil. Yeah. Um, and and then here we are, these puppies, these yeah. lost puppies that come to you and like, can you help me? And I'm good at it. You are good yeah. at it. And, and there's that recognition that um uh, and I've gotten to learn over the years that it's not my responsibility to rescue every animal you know like yeah. I think of as a kid I, every worm on the street it would rain oh yes I was picking up every single worm I do that still I, I do too <laughs> I still do it I do but I also have a better ability to be like to trust that like they're this is bigger than me it's not my it's not yeah. on me ah thank you that's what I would this is ironic that there's a lot of synchronicities here. Mm. I was, like I said, in therapy yesterday with the headphones on with the bilateral music. And I was talking about my pet losses uh, and my dog's so old and I'm so sad that I just see, yeah. you know, it's like when you have a friend who's terminal and you know, and you know, it, we're all, we're, none of us are living in this body forever. So, but man, yeah. it's really up for me. And then the, just that there's a sense of that powerlessness. I think because I'm a voice for the voiceless, because at a time when I had no voice, yeah, the, the things that were done to me, I empathize and I have compassion for any critter person being that is trapped and doesn't have a voice to get help. That's, that's very well said. Yeah. yeah. But then I try to turn it over and like, I don't know what else to do in my program. We're always like, turn it over to higher power and then also ask what is mine to do. And that's the tricky nuanced Right. 
that whole wisdom to know the difference part. Yeah. That's a really complicated. It is. It is. And it changes minute to minute, hour exactly. to hour, day to day. Like today, yeah. today I'm picking up a lot of worms. I might yeah. not do this tomorrow. I might be in a different place where it's like, maybe the birds need a snack. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Now, do you really believe that worms don't feel? Or is it just, did you write um, that for the punchline? Yeah, I wrote that as for the, the the yeah for just the the like tag on that joke i guess but uh, i mean i mean they don't have a nervous system apparently so they don't have nerve endings right is that is that the i don't know all i know is i saw this study that they had worms and they were shot you know they would flash a they would do something they would signal them that a shock is coming and And then respond and they yeah, and then mm. when they got the signal, the shock was coming. Yeah. They they definitely tried to do some sort of self protective maneuver. Yeah. Now, whether that means they're feeling, I mean, I'm just saying there was a response to like, here comes some pain. I will say that, that that's I, projection. Right? I do think we project a God. lot on animals. That's what I need to learn about. Yeah, I really do. This is so important for me to learn about. So it's both and. I I think that okay, both and. You know, animals have souls and are. I mean, they're the wisest creatures around us. And I, <laughs> I totally believe all that. And through and through, we project a lot onto animals. We so project our suffering. Our suffering. Yeah. I have so, been told by animal psychics, they do not suffer the way we do. It's often what creates a lot of our suffering is the worrying about the future. A lot of them, I don't know. Well, I guess, well, they, well some of them can, like elephants can remember Oh my gosh. Everything. The way so, you've seen those videos where yeah. they go and caress the bones of their but ancestors. Even that, but even that, we are interpreting yeah. what their experiences are. And <sighs> uh, it's tricky. It's tricky terrain. So It's I tricky know, terrain. For me, I've had to learn like, to sort of pull back a little and, and really get clear <sighs> on how do I know what's mine and what isn't. Yes. And I... That could be a whole nother podcast. Yeah. Tricky terrain. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome yeah. back to Tricky Terrain. Tricky Terrain and what was well, it? Uh Chalice of Love. <laughs> <laughs> I needed to hear this today because you're you're I can't believe how many synchronicities. And again, I selfishly am saying this this uh, podcast is healing me. I don't yeah. know. How about you out there? I don't know. I hope it's bringing gifts to you. I I I love that if it is, but I'm so grateful Yeah, because this is something when you ended that with that, it almost just devalued the rest of the bit for me. Like Mm. I was just like, uh, well, and for me, that line was important because I, what I was wanting to get to an empowered place with writing this joke, not from the place of, oh my gosh, this trauma, it's going to take me out. And like, I wanted something to feel released. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I don't. I don't really know. I, I've never been a worm. I don't actually really know yeah. <laughs> what's going on for them. And yet I was convinced for most of my life that I did. Yeah, that's a good point. Man, this is weird. I was just saying that yesterday. Like, I know my dog does not, like, again, I don't think she fears death. Obviously, they move away from death if they can't. Mm, we have right. witnessed that. Uh-huh. We know that they have a life force. They want to and they have live survival mechanisms. They have survival yeah. mechanisms, but I don't know that her consciousness fears death the way my ego does. Like consciousness doesn't die. Yeah. Right. So I don't know, man. Yeah. All I was saying was I should not underestimate. Like I, yeah, I should not put my limited beliefs on this dog yeah. for sure yeah. or any other animal or a worm. Well, and I just want to feel a bit more liberated from 
how much pain I have felt empathizing with the animals of my past and my childhood and or period. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And so you're trying to, yeah, you know what? And I can prematurely grieve a sweater in the street. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Where it's like, oh no. Yeah. I, go, I mean, I go through the whole Kubler-Ross. I'm like, no, shock and disbelief, yeah. anger. Somebody yeah. hit a raccoon. And then it's like, it's a sweater. Um, <laughs> somebody lost a sweater. And that's, yeah. and that, ah. Yeah. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Because I, but it, okay. So what are we what are we really doing when we're doing, are we trying to not have our own pain? Is it easier to have theirs? Is it easier yeah. to go outside of ourselves and go, oh, that, that creature? Yeah, that's a really good question. Or do I want to be in a position of power? Or yeah, I'm trying to ask myself that. I mean, I think maybe yes and yes. And, and like the circle back to the dreams, because like I'll have dreams now. I know where I'm at and taking care of myself because I'll have dreams that these animals from my past are healthy and alive and oh. well. But I've had dreams where they weren't, where they were sick or neglected or something. And, and it's a reflection of where I'm at in relationship to me. So there's some of the most powerful dreams that I now have. So they are, I think, I think I was often projecting my own loneliness and despair and you know just desperation onto them yeah and I didn't know it and at the same time I'm like a little animal whisperer and I have a deep you know soul connection with animals and that is also true but I'm learning to to just have a little bit more like you know separation I guess and and like the compassion versus empathy kind of thing so that I'm yes. not lost in them and that I'm really checking myself and if I feel my feelings a lot of times I'll be able to see more neutrally if they're suffering let's say I'll be able to see it like a little bit more like yeah they're suffering but I'm not like plagued by it you don't have to be in their body empathizing yeah. with it that is what and also I feel like as a recovering codependent I'm telling that animal person or whatever that I'm trying to help that they can't help themselves or that they don't, they're not on their own divine life path. Yeah. Like this isn't, you know, my suffering was a divine part of my life path. Shall I trust that this is theirs? Exactly. And that is where I'm like, let me interrupt your life path. You know, like even yeah. in, you know, when I was in Nepal and India and they have the caste system and they are very much about, you'll see people on the streets and it's not cool to help people because you're interrupting their karma oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm like what and then there are t actually packs of dogs on the streets of nepal and i want to tell you i'm not going to go into any detail yeah. but i tried to help a dog and caused it harm uh yeah and it's like nancy yeah. you thought you knew better you thought you knew how to help that dog and you actually yeah. harmed it yeah in the process wow yeah. this is good Okay. Yeah. Now I feel like I stripped all the funny out of that. I'm like, oh yeah, I know. That's, that and what, uh, I was it with was you. Probably me that stripped I, no, all the funny out of it. No, it was me. I know because I'm like, no man, I want to debate you on the worm thing. Oh yeah. And I'm like, can you please change the joke for me to yeah. end with? And turns out, but this is why I brought it because it's not the funniest joke I've ever told. But I brought it because I thought it would create some interesting dialogue. Yeah, which I think it did. It yeah. did. Yeah. But, and yes, and and I I I do love that we're having this conversation. Yeah, me too. And also, like so much. Oh my gosh, everything that you've shared has just ah, uh, it rings true. Mm. It's helpful. 
thank you yeah so much Me and too. and as a can i help control the end of that joke because <laughs> I, here's how can i tell you how i want it to end okay all right turns out <laughs> It's not going to be funnier. It's just going to make me comfortable. Okay, well, you know, this take is care for of yourself this right is, now. This is for, yeah, this is for my controlling codependent friend who can't stand that I say they don't feel pain. Mm. Okay, here's, and they do have five hearts. I, we know that because I did actually, I was not a conscientious objector, so I did see the five hearts, but, <laughs> oh, I have to live with it. But the point is, uh, what is the point? Oh, I wanted you to add, how, well, how would it go if it was like, and it turns out this goes back to my dad saying they have no nerve endings, uh -huh. which I think my dad might've been right about the nerve mm -hmm. endings. I need to Google that. Yeah. You know, that's what I think. That's what I think happens supposedly with worms is they don't have a central nervous system in the same way we do. So then they don't have the nerve endings to feel the pain. Right. Okay. I, I think don't, and that will, that, that will totally I, ruin the joke. If you can go into detail for me, uh, yeah, just let go, me well. explain real quick why I'm saying this. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out that worms don't even have nerve endings, like a central nervous system. And you know, that brings us back to plants because my well, dad, yeah. he used to mock my vegetarianism. I mean, that man's love language was putting meat on your plate. Cause he, uh -huh. grew up, he grew up so poor. He lived on squirrels and he was like, if I can put a ham or a, you know, a big fatty animal on your plate, that's love. And I would say, no, thank you. May I have some beans? Mm. And he finally started making beans for me, which he called hamless beans. <laughs> <laughs> and they were good. He would yeah. say, he would even say these hamless beans are really good. But the point is, uh, yeah. What was the point? Dang it. You had a different ending for the joke for well, me. It was the Nova nerve endings. And then the, oh, he would mock and he would say to my son, who's eating a vegetarian meal because he, I'm his mother. He happens to eat what I eat usually. Yeah. And he's telling my son, like when he's biting into a carrot, oh, ouch, doesn't that hurt the <laughs> carrot? And he's mocking us. Like mm. you're, you're the carrot has nerve endings. Like he's pretending like mm. you're being, re he's obviously right. doing a satire, making fun being of snarky, snarky yeah. about compassion. Oh, oh, doesn't that yeah. hurt that carrot when you bite into it like that? Mm. And I was like, dad, even if it did, the cow eats six times the plants to get the same protein. So we're still saving if, even if the carrots are hurting, mm. we're mm -hmm. sparing five extra carrots. Yeah. So sh <laughs> no. I love what this joke did to you. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Uh, yeah. Well, what did it do to you though? <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I, I know, I know I was supposed to lead us towards closure at 40 uh, minutes. So you got to meet a friend. Yeah. And, we can start wrapping up. Yeah. <laughs> bringing this back yeah. into the station. Slowing down the, the wagon. The no, you just got to pull back on the reins. <laughs> this has been mm. invaluable. Katie, Mason, thank you. Seriously. Thank you so much. I'm so glad we did this. Yeah, I can't wait to uh, more play. More yes, play. we're going to do more play, and I am looking forward to uh, connecting with yeah, you. Yeah, and I would love for, you know, maybe you can come to our show. Oh, so, we didn't talk about it in this this segment this at all. This segment, yeah. Well, March 30th um, at the Dairy, I'm performing uh, with Andrew Vall and Elena McMillan. It's a show called Life, a delightful show about fear and grief. Stand-up comedy, poetry, stories, all to express our experiences of fear and grief. Yeah, and that is at the Dairy Arts Center for Creativity in Boulder. Yes. I just looked up their whole name. I love that. Yeah. The Dairy Arts Center for Creativity in Boulder. Boulder. March 30th. Yeah. It's, it's a really special show. So. I want to see it. I haven't seen it yeah. yet. So I'm hoping to come out to that for one. Sure. Last one you did was negative 12 degrees 
And you had a sold out I show. Know. People showed Amazing. up. I did not. Yeah. That's I was <laughs> thinking about it. I said, I'm off tonight. What are the odds? I can't believe anybody came. It was so cold. That I, night. <laughs> I did not even try to start my yeah. car. Full transparency. That's okay. But this one. Good for this you. This one sounds like a good one. I'm actually doing a show the day before, oh. March 29th. Come to both of them. I'm yeah. doing Nurses Off the Charts. At the Dairy Arts at Center At the too? Dairy Arts Center. For what is the, it? Oh, the Dairy, the Dairy, the Dairy Arts Center for Creativity. For your creativity. <laughs> Beautiful. Co-creating. Yeah, come co- out to co- see Nancy and then. And then, st- then bring a sleeping bag. Yeah. And stay in the lobby. Yeah, back-to-back shows. That's amazing. Oh, yeah, it's wonderful that that's all happening on yeah. the same weekend. Thank you, Katie, for taking all this time. My pleasure. I realized I never did write a different ending to her joke, which I think is just as well. I'm Here's what I think I was going to say. It was something like, turns out the worms don't feel pain the way I do, and they're more codependent than me. Because worms, look at what they do for us. They till the soil. They condition the soil. They make it so it drains better. I mean, they're called the gardener's best friend. The number of earthworms is directly related to the health of the soil. Although I was reading so much about worms, I opened a huge can of worms. I really did. That's why you tune in to Traumedy. You want to know about worms. I started reading, if you read like uh, the Minnesota conservation page, it's an invasive species. The earthworm is not indigenous to that far north and apparently undermines the diversity of the forest. It causes problems with hardwood forests. The earthworm uh, north of Pennsylvania came over with the Europeans on ships and root balls of trees. I don't know, man. And, okay, correction. I thought they had five hearts. They don't have hearts per se. They're, they're pairs of little pumps, little... I mean, they're hearts. It's like... But uh, some people say they have ten hearts. Five pairs of little blood pumping centers. What else do you want to know about earthworms? Nothing, probably. Just know that there's. it's a little controversial. I found some articles that said they do feel pain. Also, fish do feel pain. I don't know. I mean, they're a vertebrate. And they definitely... Have, they, they don't have an emotional... I. What do they know? What do we know? All I'm saying is... All I can go by is my conscience and my conscience right now just would rather avoid I'd have a hard time digging up my garden I really do I don't like (laughs) I do not like when I cut into a worm when I'm digging my garden I know they're the gardener's best friend but then we till the (laughs) we cut them up with a a tiller and a shovel yeah I know I'm sorry this is how you treat your best friend is that your best friend I don't know is that how you treat your best friend I'm not sure Okay, I want to thank my guest, Katie Mason. Go see Katie at the Dairy Art Center in Boulder, Colorado, March 30th, if you're in Colorado. And check out Nurses Off the Charts. You can go to my Linktree page, and I'm going to start touring that nationally. But the next show is March 29th. It's going to be a hopping weekend at the Dairy in Boulder, Colorado. Oh, I want to always thank my son, who created the music and he he did make some new music i i don't know i really like this one it's familiar and it feels perfect for traumedy oh tune in next week oh my god next week is going to be so interesting another amazing traumedy episode next week we have a polyamorous quad 
yeah, a quad on the pod. And it's going to be so fun. We're going to talk about all the things around how do you deal with jealousy in a, in a quad? How do you deal with jealousy in general? And even a coupling. Oh, I will be having Pete McGraw on soon about the solo life. There's just so many ways to find love in this world. Living solo, being in a couple, being in a thruple. So it's going to be so interesting next week. Tune in and listen to the quad on the pod. And yes, we may or may not have gone to bed together. Photos to follow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening. Thanks for helping me heal myself. I hope I'm healing others. Let me know how this is landing with you. If it's helping you, please give me your feedback. I'm hearing from some of you that it is helping and that I'm hearing from others who are wanting to be guests. And so it looks like, hey, there's a bottomless pit of trauma and there's a bottomless pit of traumedy. Let's keep shifting the dark into the light. Love yourselves always. And selfishly, let me be honest, I want you to love yourself because then you'll love everyone around you. Talk about those butterfly hugs. You know, it's like the ripple effect. You know, as we love ourselves, we love everyone, and that includes me. So it's just very selfish that I want you to love yourself so that you love me. We're all, we're all part of the one. That is my pronoun, one, the gender-neutral indefinite pronoun. Okay, time for closure. Let's have closure. Uh, <laughs> let's have closure. Tune in every Tuesday. It's except when I take a vacation. It's Traumedy Tuesdays every uh, Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, that's how that works. Traumedy every Tuesday. No matter what, keep laughing. <laughs>